Such as that have a membership role, that adds folks to the church, that meet at set times, that exercise church discipline when needed and when necessary, that raise money for the Lord's work, that send letters of commendation as someone leaves this church and goes somewhere else to minister. It's important for identification. Number one, to be identified with the Lord Jesus. Now, I said the other night, and it's true, and you know this is right. Every church around here has a stereotype. Every single one of them. If I said Mount Bethel, there's a stereotype. If I said Northwood, there's a stereotype. If I said Turner's Creek, there's a stereotype. I say Faith Community Baptist Church, there's a stereotype. I say East Bend Baptist Church, there's a stereotype. East Bend Friends, East Bend Evangelical, um, New Vision, Collide. There are stereotypes on every one of them. Now, I'm not telling it right. Well, when a person is saved and they're baptized, that, that's the order. Salvation, baptism, then church membership. And you ought to find a church that lines up at best. And listen, you'll never, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. If you're looking for that perfect church, friend, you'll never find that perfect church. There's no such a thing. We have a perfect Savior, but the church and the local assembly is made up of imperfect people. This preacher ain't perfect. I hate to burst your bubble. You ain't perfect. They wouldn't be one that was perfect. And thank God he gave his life so I could live. But listen, when you think about this, when, why, why should I join a local church? Because it has to do with identification. You're identified, number one, with the Lord Jesus. I mean, if you go join a Jehovah's false witness, you're not going to be identified with Jesus. You go join the local or, or the... Catholic Church, you're not going to be identified with Jesus. You're going to be identified with the Pope. Amen. You can kiss his toe every how many times you want to and still die lost in your sin. Amen. It takes the blood of Calvary. 
But a church that even folks may not like certain local assemblies, there's a stereotype. You know, we might not like this crowd, but they preach Jesus. And when you yoke up to that church, you're identified with the Lord. It's identification. It's salvation. I have trust in Christ. I've been baptized. I'm, I'm identified with the Lord because I belong to this local church. Again, that stereotype that goes out. I mean, you belong to Faith Community Baptist Church, whether you like it or not. Here at Faith, you say, hey, I belong to Faith. Did you know that you rep- we represent everyone in this church? Yeah. Amen. Every one of us do. Daddy, did you know that you represent Sister Mary? Brother Lynn, did you know that you represent Brother Matt? Brother Matt, did you know that you represent Sister Beth? Brother Gary, do you re- realize that you represent Brother Adrian? We represent one another. Why? We belong to the same local body. Amen. Isn't it interesting how God takes broken pieces, <laughs> imperfect people, broken lives, changes them, meshes them together like a well machine? Different characteristics, different traits, different temperaments, and God puts all that together in a local body. When you yoke up, when you yoke up by faith, doesn't matter if it's faith, doesn't matter if it's Mount Bethel, doesn't matter if it's wherever, Northwood. If you yoke up with that church, you're identified with the Lord, but you're identified with that local church. What does that local church stand upon? You're identified with it. Amen. That gets us to the second point. Why is church membership so important? It has to do with identification. Being identified with the Lord Jesus if it's a church that lifts up the blood-stained banner of the Lord Jesus. And Paul said, for woe is me, if I preach not the gospel. You'll find that somewhere around here. It's on one of these, say, 1 Corinthians 9, 16. But woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. When you yoke up by faith to a local church, you're identified with the Lord, and you're identified with that local assembly and one another. But that gets us to the second point, and it sort of builds upon that. See, when you, why is church membership so important? It has to do with identification. Then it has to do with representation. We represent the Lord Jesus as we go out of here. Hey, we represent Christ while we're in here. But the ministry's on, we do understand the ministry's on the outside of these four walls, right? We represent Him everywhere we go with our words, with our works, with our walk. See where I'm going with that? We represent. Sort of like baptism. Baptism shouldn't be a flippant thing. person says, hey, I've trusted Christ. Man, I've died and I'm going to follow Christ. You go be baptized, then go live like the devil. Man, you bring a reproach to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, you say, all right, I'm going to get saved, I'm going to get baptized, I'm going to join the church. And you join the church, they go live out like the devil. You bring a reproach to the Lord, and you bring a reproach to the local church that you represent. Amen. You go to the grocery store and get in line, and maybe the cashier's having a bad day. Maybe her mask's off, and, 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 and she, she don't give you 17 cent back that you thought you should have got. You blow up like a banny rooster. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. And you do. You bring a reproach to the name of Christ. Right there in front of everybody. 
Well, they were wrong. Well, that's why you got to watch your words. You got to watch your works. You got to watch your walk. Because when church membership is important, because you identify with the Lord, you identify with the local church, you represent Him. All right, you're going to a ball game. All right, that call went against you, went against your team. You blow up and show yourself. I really told him. Yeah, you sure did. You brought a reproach to the name of Christ. Brought a reproach to the name of the local church. Where do they go? Oh, yeah, they go to faith. Automatically, folks will have that. They'll have that thought the rest of their life. Watch what I tell you. You see, a testimony of a local church, man, it is so hard to overcome. It really is. Whether warranted or not, when a church has a bad name, it takes a while. I mean, a long while sometimes to, to, to develop and, and to get that mindset. And we got to be careful. That's what it talks about. Uh, Brother Cameron preached on that not long ago about walking circumspectly. I mean, like walking on that train chest, you got to be careful how you walk. Why? Because people look at our, uh, they listen to our words, or they watch our, wor- our works, and, and they follow our steps. If they don't line up, man, you see, we represent not only the Lord Jesus, but the local church. So church membership, is, it shouldn't be taken flippantly. Amen. <laughs> it shouldn't. I mean, you can, be a, you can be a help or you can be a hindrance. You, you can be a part of the solution. You can be part of the problem. And it's up to us. It's a choice every day. Every day before I hit, hit, and I try to do this every day. Brother Lynn, I try to say, I try to pray. I say, Lord, help me to be a blessing to somebody. Today. Help me not to be a reproach. Help me not to be a, a stumbling block. But God, help me to be a stepping stone for somebody. Put somebody in my path. Lo and behold, prayed that the other day. Walked into, walked into a home, and a man was just so discouraged. And two years ago, he had an 11-year-old daughter. That he had no idea had had some kind of peanut allergy whatsoever. They were sitting there watching movies, brother, brother uh, Liam, and uh, one of her buddies was there, and she said, "You know what?" I, and one of them started talking about pistachios. Wanted some pistachios, so the dad went down to the store, just right down the street, picked up some pistachios, brought them back. She said, "Boy, these are wonderful." Thirty minutes later, she's dead. And you walk into a situation like that, and he said, "Man, we just give up. So we don't know what else to do." You try to encourage people. How, how do you deal with something like that? When you go out and you try to be a blessing to somebody, not only do you represent the Lord Jesus, but you represent the local church where you belong to. You show care. You show concern. You show compassion. Man, that's far-reaching. It'll go a long ways. That don't mean we, we, don't, have, we, we don't have standards. We, do, we don't have convictions because we do. But at the end of the day, they ain't a one of us that's perfect. And when it comes to the importance of joining a local church and yoking up by faith, yes, sir, you need to be saved. You need to be born again. You need to be baptized. But then you need to yoke up by faith to a, soap, to a, to a local assembly because you're identified with the Lord. You're identified with that local church. You represent that church with your words, your, your works. And your walk. But then there's third reason why the church is important. Hey, it's there for identification. It's there for representation. But it's also there for unification. I want you to flip over to Acts 2 for just a moment. Acts chapter number 2. I want to show you something tonight. And you already know this, and I'm done right here. But Acts chapter number 2, we think about the unification that the early church had. And that's why church membership is important. I know we have ladies' meetings. We have men's meetings. We have gatherings. We have worship services like Sunday morning, Sunday night. 
Wednesday night. We have Sunday school. We got different things. We got the kids meeting in the back. All that is by design. It is by design to reach this lost world, first of all, with the gospel, and then to try to develop and disciple those that have been saved to grow and, and nurture in the grace of God. But unification is in why, why, what's so important about local church membership? Identification, yeah. Representation, yeah. What about unification? Unification. Notice with me in Acts 2 and verse 41. You've already heard this already tonight, but watch this. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. There's the order again. You saved, you baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So here you go. People getting saved, getting baptized, people joining that local church. Then look in verse number 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayer. So here they, they're, they're, stood, they're, they're around the word of God. They got fellowship one with another. Breaking of bread has to do with communion. And in prayers, they're lifting up their prayers together. You see, you can pray privately. That's the way you ought to do Then you can play, pray publicly and, and collectively one with another. We, we, we bring our burdens to the Lord. We have our prayer requests because we've got a lot of needs. And, and, man, we send out call alls from time to time. That I mean, there's people in need, and I'm thankful for God's people. And we've seen God turn the corner. We've seen God turn things around. Thank God for a bunch of people that believe in the power of prayer and the unification of lifting him up in one accord to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, verse number 43, the Bible said, And fear came upon Every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Now, did you see that? When it comes to unification, here they are. They're providing assistance one to another. Did you get that? Now, this is early church. The Bible said in verse 44, And all that believed were together and had all Things common. What does that mean in Yakin County English? Well, everybody look at me. This is what that means. There were no big eyes and little use. They had all things common. Well, I got seniority at faith. I've been here 40 years. Well, praise God, you ain't no more important than somebody who's been here a year. Well, that didn't go over real well. Amen. You're part of the body of Christ. I mean, a lot of folks say, well, they, they got more pull over here. They got more. No, they had all things common. Amen. <laughs> well, that didn't go over well at all. But it's right. They had all things common. The Bible goes on to say in verse 45, And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. You see, they provided assistance one for another. They'd have never been able to do that if they weren't in unity and if they were not harmony. But they, oh, I wasn't thinking about this, but I am now. Keep going back to that thought being a selfaholic. That crowd wasn't self-consumed. It wasn't about me, myself, and I. They were worried and concerned about the needs of others. We, I'm telling you, man, we got a generation today, and I, and if I'm, we got to be careful, myself included, not, not to get caught up in ourselves. There's people all around us that are hurting. Well, what about me? What am I going to get out of this? What am I, what's my kids going to get out of this? Man, I want it my way. This is what I want. This is what, well, what about what does God want? How about getting your eyes off yourself and getting your eyes on others? That's what ministry is. 
Amen. If it, you say, well, they messed up. They shouldn't have did this. They shouldn't have done that. Well, if it wasn't for the grace of God, we'd have been in a bigger ditch than they were. Amen. I mean, we we gotta we gotta understand that we can provide assistance. No, it may not be monetarily, it might be a pat on the back, it might be a phone call, it might be just a little care, a little bit of concern, a little bit of compassion to somebody that's sort of down and depressed and discouraged and defeated, and maybe they're considered damaged goods. They need somebody to reach out. Thank God for a local church that'll do that, not only inside these walls, but outside of these walls, they will provide assistance to people in need. Amen. Unification. They provided assistance, but not only that, look, look at verse number 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. There was no split loyalties there. You see, not only did they provide assistance, but they promoted accord. They promoted harmony. They promoted unity. I've said this numerous times, and I hope everybody gets this. I hope everybody understands this. doesn't matter where you are or where you go. There's two things that are absolutely needed to build a church. And, and there's others that could build off that. But there's two critical points. I'm talking about a biblical church to advance and to be successful in the eyes of God. Number one, you've got to have preaching. Now, I know somebody's going to say, well, the preacher's partial. You've got to have preaching. God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save the lost. You take that up with God. It's going to take preaching, and it's going to take unity. Those two things. Now, there's evangelism, sure. There's worship, sure. There's discipleship, yep. There's fellowship, yep. But you've got to have preaching, and you've got to have harmony. You see, you can go to churches tonight. You won't find a better preacher in the world. I'm talking about preaching, man. It preached me under the pew, brother. Preaching the Word of God. But the church is sputtering, ain't moving forward. Why? Because there ain't no unity. I can take you to churches like it. You won't find no better preaching, but there ain't no harmony, and the church ain't moving forward. Then there's other places I can take you to, and you know this is right. Oh, they're, they're in harmony. They're in agreement. But they ain't no preaching. And they ain't moving forward either. Do you show me a place that's got preaching and that's got harmony? And you, I'm telling you, you find a rare breed in this day and hour. Yeah, man. <laughs> preaching and unity. And you see, they promoted accord. The Bible said in verse 46, they continuing. That means something that's been going on. Continuing daily with one accord in the temple. That's the place of worship. And breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Again, they wouldn't split loyalties. They were, they were about the Lord Jesus Christ, and they were promoting harmony and accord one with another. And the church was marching. Man, do you understand how much pressure and problems and persecution that the early church had? And the more the persecution came against them, the more the church exploded. Why? Because they were hung on to the anchor by faith, and they were hung on one to another. They were promoting accord and harmony, and they were providing assistance to those nearest to them. They're doing one more thing. Look at verse 47. I'm done. Unification. They were unified in providing assistance, promoting accord, but they were also practicing acclaim. Watch this, verse 47. What was they doing? Praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Church was exploding. Why? Because there was unification. They were promoting accord. They were providing assistance, but they were practicing acclaim. You know what acclaim means? I, didn't really, I guess I realize this. But acclaim means to praise 
enthusiastically and publicly. That's what, that's what it means to acclaim. Well, understand, man, they're, they're practicing acclaim. What are they doing in verse 47? They ain't praising man. I didn't what it said, is it? They ain't praising the music, is it? They ain't praising the preaching. They're praising God. <laughs> they're praising Him. They're practicing acclaim, which is praise enthusiastically and publicly. I've asked myself this question. Listen, I'm going to try not to ask this rhetorical question to you, but I ask myself, what if everybody praised God like I did? Would it be blasé? Would it be boring? Or would it be exciting? I'm asking myself that question. But you can ask yourself that question. What if ever? Let's put it this way. What, what, you say, well, preacher, what if I, what if everybody worshiped like I do? What if everybody give like I did? What if everybody was as friendly as I was? What if everybody was as, as compassionate as I was? What if everybody was concerned as I was? What if everybody cared like I Have you ever put those shoes on your feet? Y'all try that sometime. It'll humble you real, real good. What if everybody was like me? <laughs> You'll see your shortcomings. I know I do. And my faults and my failures. But they practiced acclaim. They were praising enthusiastically and publicly. This crowd didn't say, well, I got to go to church today. I got to go to Sunday school. I got to sing. I got to go Wednesday. No, they say, man, I get to go to church. Man, I get to sing. I get to do something for God. Boy, God, give us that heart. Thank God for the local church preacher. Where are you you going with all this? All I know is, God, Sister Savannah, you come on. That's going to hurry me up. God, sit me by to remind somebody tonight. Thank God for the local church. Why is the local church important? There's a lot of reasons, but it has to do with identification, being identified with the Lord, being identified with the local assembly it has to do with the representation we got to watch our words we got to watch our works we got to watch our walk because eyes are looking at us the people are following us and they're listening to what we say but thank God we think about this it is a place of unification where they promoted accord and harmony and unity you know they didn't look down on somebody because they made a mistake Somebody messed up. Well, bless your heart. We've all been there. When somebody's down, it ain't time to kick them. That's in our human gene. That's in our human nature. Well, if somebody messes up, we're going to kick them. You might not kick them physically, but you'll sure put a post out there about them. Hey, man, God help somebody right there. It ain't time to kick somebody. It's time to try to help them. What's Galatians chapter 6, verse 1? I'm trying to quit now. Galatians 6 and verse number 1. It said, Brethren, if man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. There's a lot of people out here hurting all around us. We ought to promote accord. We ought to show some care. We ought to show some compassion. And thank God for what we, what, what we do do here at Faith. But I'd be foolish to tell you we're perfect because we're not. This preacher's done. We're all a work in progress. None of us can sit back in our spiritual hammock and say, Well, whoo, I got this thing now. I've reached that pinnacle. No. 
I looked the other day, Brother Kevin. As you go in from our great room, our dining or our living room into the kitchen. Right there on the left, there's, there's a wall, Brother Lynn. And it's wood. And from about right here to about right here to about right here to about right here to about right here are some marks on that wall. And those marks are marks of Garrett. Now Gracie's, I think she's on the other side. Now she, you know, she's down here. She's about right, somewhere about right in here now. Those marks show that development. I wonder where our spiritual marks are. Preacher, I got saved back yonder. Here's my mark. I got saved right here. How far up are you? If you're Hello, friends. This is Brian Pondexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church, located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's holy word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today, and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. For the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words and good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16 it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, 
in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16 and verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask Him to save you. You might say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? Well, first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, Broken in a contrite heart, O oh God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sin. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here. And may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.